welcome to the Fit Life with Jessica podcast, where we talk about how to create and maintain healthy habits with our fitness, nutrition, and overall well-being. This is a place where you can come to get real life, health, and fitness advice from a busy working mama who has a passion for helping others find their way to health and happiness. We're all in this crazy journey together, so why not lean on and lift each other up in the process? Are you tired of wondering what's going to be for dinner when it's 5 p.m.? Are you tired of running from meeting to meeting and not having a healthy, nourishing lunch or not knowing what's for breakfast that morning, but you're already starving? I've got you covered. I have created a free guide for you. It is a free meal planning checklist. Yes, that is my secret. Just a little meal planning at the beginning of the week. I have a guide that will help you never stress over meal planning ever again. And it's totally free. Yes, it is totally free. I've got 10 super easy tips that are going to help you simplify and streamline your meal planning process. So just scroll down to the show notes and there'll be a link for you to grab your free download and start meal planning. I would love to hear from you. Tell me what you think about it and happy meal planning. That Awesome. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit Life with Jessica podcast. I am so stoked for today's interview. I have a super special guest and I cannot wait to chat all things glucose with my new friend, Catherine. So let me let Catherine introduce herself to our crew. Thank you so much for having me today. This is just my favorite thing to do is talk about all things uh, glucose and continuous glucose monitoring uh, through our company, NutriSense. And we just really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to have me on. Yes. Thank you. So before we dive into like the specifics of NutriSense and what is glucose and what is this continuous glucose monitor I keep hearing about, I would love to hear a little bit about you personally, like kind of what's your story? Like, how did you get to be where you are being the registered dietitian that you are and working with NutriSense? Yeah. So this is actually a second career for me. I have a little bit of a, a circuitous route to where I am today. So um, undergrad, I was math and econ, and I thought that I was going to work in finance, uh, for the rest of my life. Um, I live in the New York city area. So, um, I worked in, uh, you know, the financial area for almost 10 years, almost 10 years. And then I was like, oh, this is just really not doing it for me. Um, I, I, people ask me sort of, you know, how did you know? And it hit me when I realized that every time I was opening the newspaper and this is back when there were newspapers, um, <laughs> I'm old, uh, and, you know, or, you know, going online or something, I was always looking at, um, articles on food. I was always cooking, doing recipes. I was reading science articles. I was not looking at the business section. So I said, oh, I just wish there was something I could do with all of this. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. There's this really cool thing being a registered dietitian. This is exactly, this would just be so great. So I was fortunate enough to go back to school and I got my master's in nutrition education. And then uh, I've worn many hats since then, uh, working in clinical settings, outpatient settings. I had my own private practice. And during the pandemic, I said, oh, I'm kind of lonely. You know, when you have your own, when you have your own business, as you know, like sometimes it can feel like you're just sort of out there on your own. Um, and it's really important to have a, a good community of people, of colleagues. And I missed that. So uh, I was lucky enough to hop into NutriSense and it's just been a really cool ride. I've been with them for about two years now. And um, most dietitians out there would never even think to work at a tech startup. Like that's just not on our career path at all. It's like, are you going to go into education? Are you going to go to a hospital, work in sports nutrition, but not a tech startup. So it's so exciting to be at this company. I feel really lucky. I love how the tech startup world and nutrition have kind of like gotten together and had a baby. And that's, <laughs> yeah. and that's what this is. It's like, oh, isn't that amazing though? Like the, the era, I'm so grateful to be the age I am and like growing, well, growing up, I'm 38, you know, like but in this era of beautiful technology that can, you know, that can sometimes be a little scary, right? For some people, but also can be so dang beneficial and so helpful to help us understand ourselves, our bodies, and like to really just live more intentionally and, you know, live a more well-focused life. Absolutely. It's this, 
like it's really been an explosion of wearables and trackables. And I remember back when I was working um, at a hedge fund in New York City and, and Lose It had just come out that app and mm. everyone was like, oh, I'm going to track my calories. And it was this very novel thing. And this thing called the blueprint cleanse had just come out. I mean, these were like very new. These were, there weren't all the competitors in the spaces for the apps of tracking and cleanses and detoxes. This was all like super brand new stuff. So um, I feel like from then until now, it's just been this explosion of focus on health and longevity, which I think is fantastic. Um, And lots of uh, different companies have joined into it. So I'm all for it. I'm here for it. I mean, and now we're all wearing some kind of wearable in some fashion, like (laughs) even if it's just your watch or a ring or something like we're all wearing something. So gosh, it's wild. If you had told me that like 20 years ago, this is where it would be. I don't think I could have even imagined it really, Catherine. What, what did you do before becoming um, a health coach? Yes. So my former life, as I call it, I was in advertising sales. So I worked for a wedding magazine and a website and I sold digital and print advertising. And this is when magazines were huge in the wedding industry, when you'd get engaged and you would go drop like 70 bucks on all those big chunky magazines. Right. And I worked for one of the big ones in the industry and I worked for them for probably seven or eight years for the knot. And, um, oh, yeah. and it was such an amazing opportunity and it was a cool job. I got to do some really fun stuff and do some cool travel. And my clients were the wedding pros mm-hmm. versus the couples. So I worked with the venues or the florist or the caterer. So I got to kind of see the other side of the wedding industry, which was really neat, but it, I was a pandemic twist. So 2020 was when I ended up leaving that job and I've got two little kiddos. I'm like, what am I going to do with my life? Like that is, it was a beautiful opportunity for where I was, but right now I need something more flexible. I need something that really like fills that fire and that passion that I've always had about, I thought I wanted to be a teacher. I was like, I want to teach people and lead people and help people in some way, but like traditional teaching in the classroom, like not for me not for me. Um, so, and I've always had this little, looking back at you, like always loved fitness. I've always been super into nutrition growing up. My parents were really into it. So I was from a young age exposed to healthy living and it just kind of naturally progressed where now I do, you know, accountability coaching, health and wellness coaching with women. So it's been a fun ride. It is, isn't it? And it's amazing. You know, I don't mean to sound kind of cliche, but when you find the right fit, work is work and it's hard, but it's just, there's so much more enjoyment and satisfaction from it. When you found that, that area that, you know, you really feel passionate about. So absolutely. Absolutely. And like just the, the texts that I get from my clients or, you know, this feedback where you, and this again, sounds trite and cliche, but like, you really did help change my life. And like, as cool as it was slinging ads for a magazine, right? Like you don't change any lives that way. So I'm sure you hear a lot like these, things that we are doing to help people live better lives and to love themselves and to love their bodies more is it's really rad. I mean, I, it's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Totally. So good. So good. Well, I want to dive into NutriSense and this continuous glucose monitor. And I have to kind of take a step back because I'm familiar with it. I'm actually wearing the monitor right now, but for someone who's like, what in the heck is this? Mm-hmm. I keep seeing the, the, the acronym CGM on Instagram. Like let's give like a high level basic inter- overview. Like what is it? I love that. I think that's really important because honestly, we even get doctors and nurses that come to us and they are kind of confused. You know what I mean? So it's, I think everyone, it's all, everyone benefits from a basic high level overview of what's going on. So CGM stands for continuous glucose monitor. And what it does is it continuously monitors your glucose. And what it is, is it's a little disc. It's about the size of a quarter, like uh, just, you know, not very high. And you insert it into the back of your arm. And in the middle of the disc is a tiny little filament, a little sensor, and that's what's inside of you. And that's what's measuring your glucose. And the little disc continuously stores the data for up to eight hours. And we use the Abbott Freestyle Libre uh, sensor. So we don't make those sensors. NutriSense has created an app to take that data you download it into our app, you scan it, which you're familiar with now, you scan it and all of that glucose data gets downloaded into our app. 
and we slice and dice it seven ways to Sunday. We show you how your meals are doing, how everything's doing based on that glucose data. But the thing that's most impressive about us is that we have a free month of dietitian support. So you get someone helping you interpret and decipher and understand what that data means. So that's NutriSense on a high level. But let's also just talk about like, what is glucose monitoring, yes. right? Because yes, someone what does might that say, mean? Why do I, why would I even care about who cares, right? Who cares, right? So traditionally diabetics care about this, right? So this has been traditionally how a type one or type two diabetic will dose, you know, will, will understand what's going on inside of their body. So these devices were created for type one and type two diabetics to wear so that they could understand what's going on with their blood sugar levels. But what we believe is that frankly, anyone can benefit from learning about what's going on with their blood glucose levels. So that's where you don't have to have a diagnosis in order um, to wear a device like this and to learn from it as you can attest to, right? So what we want to learn and what it's looking at is glucose in your body, what's floating around in your body and glucose we get glucose from what we take in from our food and our body will break it down. We'll break down a carbohydrate into its most simple form. And that's glucose, right? And then the glucose gets absorbed into your bloodstream and floats around. And then that's what the continuous glucose monitor is picking up on. It's how much glucose is floating around in your system at any given time. So that's really the, like the nuts and bolts of it. And then you can then extrapolate from that many, many, many different, um, you know, towards many different health goals. Definitely. That's such a great, like overview. I love the way you just simplified it. Cause I think we can overcomplicate things a lot of the time. And, you know, it's one of the main reasons I was really interested in trying this is to really understand what specific foods are doing to my body. Right. I think, we are much more mindful or trying to lean much more mindful. Like, Oh, I eat that. And then I'm bloated or I'm eating this. And then I have a crash later, but I really wanted to get, like, I wanted to see it with my own eyes and see, okay, the way my body responds on a basic level with my glucose after I eat the sandwich is different than after I eat this, whatever I'm having, you know, this salad over here with grilled chicken on it, right? Like something so basic. So it was so it's been so eye-opening to see um, exactly what happens to your body and everyone's body responses are different. Everyone's motivations for wearing this NutriSense monitor is going to be different. What would you say is one of the most common reasons people would want to try this out aside from if you're diabetic, right? Like if you're just me and you, like, what is the most common motivation or reason why? You know, people come to us with, they might have a recent diagnosis and it might not be like, um, a specifically, you know, uh, a pre-diabetic or diabetic diagnosis, but it could be something like Hashimoto's or, you know, a thyroid issue it could be a PCOS, um, issue. It could be, uh, a heart disease issue. You know, there you've gotten some type of information from your doctor and you're like, oof, gosh, I'd really like to know what's going on because this is a little bit concerning, right? Something mm -hmm. that's going on in my life. So that's, that's how some people are. You also, we also get a lot of people that say, you know, like you said, I just, I feel like I'm exhausted all the time. Like what's going on? Like, I, I don't really understand what's going on inside my body. I, I really want to know, you know, am I eating the right stuff? Is the time that I'm eating it the right for me? It's that optimization of your health. We get a lot of people that come to us and say, I just really want to optimize my health. I know I'm baseline, very healthy, but I know I could be doing better. Right. And then we also get a lot of athletes. We get people that are, you know, maybe training for something, or maybe they just signed up for a 5k or a 10k and they're like, Oh, you know, how do I know what I'm doing to fuel my body appropriately? Um, so we get, we get a lot of different people coming to us for different reasons, but just like you said, I like to compare the CGM and the data that you get from it as kind of a little window into your body. It's you get to see exactly what's happening inside your body in real time, right? Which is super cool, <laughs> you know, tracking and wearable, you know, tracking your calorie intake is like kind of interesting. Right. But if you could see how your body is responding to a sandwich versus oatmeal versus sushi, you know, beer versus wine, like it's, you can learn how to optimize your meals in a much more strategic way so that you can feel better. 
Definitely. So it's not just a weight loss aid or a weight loss tool. You can have many different health goals. That was something that I think is really important to note. Like I came to it, not looking for weight loss health, but really to optimize my health, like you said, and to understand and how can I optimize my energy, right? Like I'm a mom of two. I run a business. I can't, I don't have time for 3 PM crashes. (laughs) I don't have time for that. I need to, I need to feel up. I need to feel good. So that was a main driver. So I think it's important to note that even if you don't want, um, to lose weight, there's so many other great benefits and that window to your body is huge. Cause it's, it's kind of a mystery, you know, like what's, what's going on in there, unless you're continuously getting blood work done at the doctor, if you are, you know, under the care of a doctor, but most of the time, most of us get physicals maybe once a year. So to be able to see that, I just, I'm such a nerd on looking at the graph and looking at the data and like the, the, the insights that I'm able to see have been so cool. So I'm, I'm really, really loving it so far. Um, so I'm so glad to hear that. And I totally agree. A lot of what we talk about is these trends over time, right? So, you know, you get that annual lab draw or something, and that's like how you were doing on Tuesday in January, like not super helpful in terms of the longer term. Right. And when you get that continuous, so the sensor lasts for 14 days, um, and, you know, we have uh, programs where uh, you wear the, the shortest length of time is one month. So you get two sensors worth. And, you know, over that time period, you can see how you're responding to different exercises that you're doing. You can see how you're responding to different stress levels. Maybe you go to a party, maybe you try intermittent fasting. I mean, you can really play around and see what's going to be the best for your body and see that trend over time. Like, okay, over, over this week I did X, Y, Z, and I saw how my body responded to it. Like, it's so cool. Absolutely. What is the average amount of time people end up wearing this? Is this something that they have to do forever? Is this something that you really kind of do until you can kind of see those trends and then make decisions and changes to help reinforce your goals? Like what's kind of the average there? Yeah. So like I said, our shortest plan is one month and that includes two sensors. Um, and I would say generally people go for the three to six months. Um, and there's, you know, you can take a break, um, here and there, but when you have that amount of data, you can really, you can get a baseline probably in the first month. And like I said, you can see how you're responding to so many different aspects of your life. But then if you have those extra months, you can really put new habits into practice and see the results, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the great thing. And, and you have this dietitian in the first month to help you understand everything, to put some plans of action into place, to say like, why don't we try this or that? And then you can put that into place and then you can really see the results, which is powerful stuff. So it's 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 really interesting to do the one month, but I think the three months you get to see, you get to really see how your body changes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm all about long-term sustainable change. So many of my clients, you know, they come to me and, and oftentimes their main goal is weight loss. You know, that's, that's why they want to hire me. Not always, but a lot of the time. And, you know, I am a, I'm a slow and steady kind of coach. I'm like, my philosophy is if you're not going to do this forever for the long haul, I don't know if it's worth it for you to do it, you know, right now, is this a quick fix? Is this a short term? So I'm all about that, like long-term data that you can see and seeing scale victories, seeing non-scale victories, and then being able to enable, you know, add these new habits to your life to see life-term, you know, lifelong success. And to really be able to, like you said, create these new habits instead of just a knee-jerk reaction to, I have to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to be in a wedding this summer, or I'm going to go on, you know, to Mexico in August, right? Like you, instead of reacting and being reactive, I think this is a great tool to help you be proactive with your health. Yeah. And I think, you know, when it comes to, we, we, we do get a lot of people coming to us for weight loss or really that have been on a weight, you know, have hit a weight loss plateau. We actually just published this really cool ebook that's on our website um, that you guys can download about weight loss plateaus. If any of your listeners are interested, it's super fascinating. Um, but this can really help you get a baseline again. You know, maybe you've incorporated some different habits and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, I'm not losing weight anymore. You know, what's going on? This is a great tool to get you again, to see what's happening in your body right now. 
what can we, you know, what can we shift? Maybe, maybe let's, let's, it doesn't have to be nutrition, right? Let's go back and be mindful in terms of your hunger and satiety cues. Let's see, are you really having a low blood sugar moment that you think you're having? Maybe you're not right. The CGM can show you, you know, maybe there's something else going on that you, know, you can unpack and you can see, um, which I think is just what's really great about this. It's a, it's an accountability tool and it's a way to check back in with yourself if you've hit a plateau and you're kind of stuck and you don't quite know where to go with it, this is like, let's get a good data download and then we can make some changes, some tweaks based on that. Oh yes. That is got to be the one of the most frustrating thing for so many people where they hit this plateau. I'll definitely put a link in the show notes oh, so that our listeners can go check out this ebook because that is probably so fascinating and so, so helpful. What do you think since we're on the topic of weight loss? Um, that is where, you know, a lot of clients come to me with these weight loss goals. What do you think is just one of the biggest misconceptions around like food and nutrition when it comes to weight loss? Cause there's so much information out there, right? And, like digging through all the mess, like just, what do you think about that? I think the biggest misconception is that what works for all will work for you. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what you're saying about the CGM being really individualized weight loss is so individual, right? And I can't say what's going to work for you is going to work for me is going to work for Sally down the road. Um, And I think people read headlines, they follow someone on Instagram, they, you know, they read a book or watch a show and they say, well, that's what that person did. So I need to have this protein shake every day. And that's how I'm going to lose weight. It's not, it, that's not how everyone works. Right. And that's why I think having a coach, having someone help you unpack what's going on in your life specifically, what are your stresses? What is your work schedule? What is your lifestyle? When can you exercise? Like maybe you can't spend an hour in the gym. You don't have to, right? Like there are other ways for you to achieve your goals. Um, and I also love what you said. The other thing I would say is those non-scale victories, right? Right. It doesn't have to be a number on a scale. Weight loss does not mean that, right? Weight loss can mean a lot of different things. Um, It can mean having more energy. Weight loss can mean sleeping through the night. Weight loss can mean, you know, there's, there's so many different ways to qualify that and quantify that, that I think people need to think outside of the box of the number on the scale, right? Definitely. Definitely. It's, and that's really what we're focused on because that's something you can see that's tangible ish, right? You can see the number on the scale and some people it will make or break you. And, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, like you said, like these non-scale victories, where else are things thriving? Where else are things working really well? Because we so often have these blinders on, but you know, that's also another really great thing about the NutriSense app that I love is I get a lot of other data points. I'm seeing not just what is my glucose score, like right this moment or this graph trend, but I'm seeing kind of like, what's my glucose score when I first wake up and I'm seeing, you know, my meals that I input, I'm seeing like the score that I'm getting on those. And can we talk a little bit about those little metrics that we see on the app and kind of where, where the gold nuggets are in there? Yeah. I feel like sometimes people, you know, they're like so excited and then they open up the app and they're like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of data. Um, (laughs) So we try and make it, you know, if you want to dive in deep and really dig into all of that, we have that. But also if you're like, this is too overwhelming, I just need a score. We have that too. So we have a daily glucose score and then we also have meal scores. Um, and you know, they're on a scale of one to 10, each of those. And they're, they're based on a bunch of, you know, really cool scientific things like area under the curve and all of that, that can explain your insulin response. And, you know, if you want to go down that way, but what I like to say high level, really high level is what you want to see in your graph is gentle ocean waves, not tsunamis. And we're not looking for a flat sandy beach either. Like we want, it's normal to have glucose spikes and we're not anti-carbohydrate. We think there's room for all different kinds of um, carbohydrates in your diet. And it's normal to have your glucose go up and down and up and down, but it should be like a nice, uh, nice undulation. When we see these huge spikes and then these big crashes, I guarantee that person is not feeling super great every day, Right. And so there's long-term implications, but there's also just that short-term like, oof, I have a feeling you're probably really tired and hungry around 4 p.m., you know, or 
I bet you probably didn't sleep that well because I could see from your glucose data, you were up and down and up and down, right? Um, so we like to give scores for meals so that people can try and adjust how they are eating their food. We're not trying to take any food away, but we're trying, you can adjust uh, what you're having in terms of portion sizes or timing your meals differently so that you can optimize, you know, your meals to the best of your ability. We get lots of people that say, I'm so afraid. Like I want to have pasta. I love pasta, but I haven't had pasta in like three years, you know? And we're like, okay, well, let's, let's make sure you can eat pasta in your life. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you should enjoy your life. Enjoy right. food. <laughs> Um, you know, and so you can run a lot of different tests. Let's have pasta for dinner. Let's have pasta for lunch, pasta with meatballs, you know? And so that's the beauty of this tool, right? Is that yes, you, you might get a, a high score from a dessert or something, but we can work together so that you can still enjoy those desserts in a, in a health, in the healthiest way possible. Yeah, definitely. Something that I don't know if I've asked you or if we addressed yet, but I think it was it's kind of the elephant in the room. What happens when you do have that big spike? Like we want our, the graph and, and the way we see it inside the NutriSense app is cool. Cause it's green. You know, we want our glucose score to be, I think between a 70 and a 140. Correct. That's kind of the sweet spot, but let's say we do have ice cream with our kids, right? And it's Saturday and we're going to enjoy ice cream because YOLO. Okay. Um, what does that mean? What are we at risk for? What are some of the downsides of that big spike and the big crash over time that happening all the time every day? Yeah. So one off, you know, once a week, you're going to go out for ice cream with your kids. Totally fine. Right. I mean, there's really no like long-term damage, you know, what we like to see, we have a, a metric that's called your, your recovery score. And it's that, and again, if you've been pregnant and you've had that oral glucose tolerance test with your kid, when you're pregnant to see if you have gestational diabetes, um, you drink this super sugary drink, and then you have to sit there and then they measure your glucose. So they're trying to see if, F, if after the end of those couple of hours, two to three, you're back to your baseline value. We do that too, right? So it's that recovery score. So that shows us that even when you have a Coke or you know a giant bagel or a cake and ice cream or something, fine, have it. But what we want to see is that your body can handle it, that your body is capable of taking in that carbohydrate. It sees what it is. It breaks it down and your body says, oh, we got carbohydrate. We got glucose. Let's make some insulin. And I can explain that, but that basically your body can then take that glucose and get you back to baseline within that two hours, right? If we're seeing in your data that you have that stuff and oh my gosh, you stay elevated for quite some time, that can be a sign that maybe something's, you know, something's not working as it should to the best of its ability. It could be, and I'm, we don't make any type of diagnoses, but it could be a sign of insulin resistance, right? So that over time, your body is producing this insulin, but it's just not working. It's not, the, the systems aren't working together. So short-term, have the ice cream. If you get back to baseline within two to three hours, you're golden, no issues, no worries. And it, like you said, enjoy your life. You only live once, right? Yes. But if you're looking at your data and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I, I'm really struggling here. Like I'm not returning back to baseline. My glucose is staying really high. Then that can be something that, you know, could be something you want to talk to your doctor about. Absolutely. And I love the way you said that. It's not like we're saying we can't do these things because I'm all about living your life and enjoying the foods you want to enjoy mindfully, intentionally, but you know, not all the time because I don't feel great all the time when, when I have a massive ice cream I did yesterday. It was like the best treat ever. Side note. I, um, chaperoned a field trip with about 300 second graders. And afterward I was like, I'm getting an ice cream. <laughs> Number one, because I feel like I deserve it. Number two, it's all in the name of research for my, my followers and my audience. It's, you know, it's, it's for NutriSense really. Like it's not, it's not, it's not all me. It was funny. The, the games I was playing in my head, but then I was like exhausted after I had it. So it was, it was really funny, but it was amazing. And I really enjoyed it. And I have zero regrets at all about it. <laughs> you deserved it after that, but you're, you're exactly right. In terms of 
the short-term implications of those big high swings is that frequently your glucose will then crash afterwards. And we there's a term called reactive hypoglycemia, um, which again is generally where the body overcompensates. It's like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of glucose coming in and it pumps out probably more insulin than you really need. And it drops your glucose down lower than where you started. And frequently that, that reactive hypoglycemia is associated with maybe a headache, fatigue, nausea. Like you just, if you're like, Oh, I do not feel good. I had this happen to me. I went to Chicago a couple months ago and I had deep dish pizza and I literally, I was like, I knew what I was doing. And I was like, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> I mean, about two hours, two, three hours later, I was on my way to the airport and I like had a headache. I felt awful. I felt awful. Yeah. And I knew exactly what, what had happened. But if you live your life and you're not aware of that just yet, it can be such a beautiful, like realization. Like now you're, you're like, I don't eat deep dish pizza all the time. I eat pretty clean. I don't, I don't have ice cream all the time. I don't, you know, but to someone that might just be coming, just be starting their health journey and really has some lofty goals. Like I want to lose weight or I want to manage my energy. I want to be able to run after my kids in the front yard or chaperone the field trip without being, you know, not being able to walk across the farm that we went to. And like, if you have these goals, if you don't understand that and you don't see why you're not able to truly make that change. So that's just such a beautiful thing that is taught with, with science to back it up, which is, I love, I love. Right. Mm, so good. Something that I learned when I was using the app, and then you just mentioned it a little while ago was it's normal to have those ocean waves in your graph. Like I thought maybe, I, maybe because of everyone's reels I'm watching on Instagram about the CGM and how it works, that it, it was supposed to be like a flat line that we wanted like a flat beach. And it was the, it was like, oh, you don't have to have that. Like it's normal for us to have these gentle ocean waves. That's a healthy response but it's more like everyone's body's going to react a little bit different. But that was a nice thing that I learned inside the app. The app has different um, learning modules or like little lessons or like little small bite-sized teachings that they do where they literally walk you through, Hey, this is how you read this. And this is what that means. And that was so helpful to learn that and, and not be completely, I'm not having to Google everything. Like all right. the insight that I need is right there in the app. Oh, I'm so glad you liked that. That was a, a new initiative we put out a couple months ago. And I'm just really glad that that's been helpful for you. That's great feedback. I, I agree because it can feel like very overwhelming. And yes, you have a dietitian, but you can only ask so many questions. But being able to just have that little bite size explanation is very helpful. And, you know, we get a lot like, oh, coffee, like, why is my coffee spiking me? And again, some people, it doesn't spike them. And so there's just a lot of little nuggets of information in there, depending on your own data. Yeah. And this, it's true that, you know, you and I could eat the same thing at the same time, but we could have two completely different responses. Is that correct to assume? Absolutely. Like pineapple could spike someone and you know, pineapple could be totally fine for me or coffee. You know, some people have a, have a higher, um, stress response to coffee, right. Cause it's a stimulant and other people are like, you know, I could drink it after dinner and go right to sleep. You know, so everyone's biology is different. And then we also talk about the other, we sort of, we talk about four pillars. So nutrition is one, right. The food that you're eating, but the other pillars are exercise, sleep, and stress. And I think those are the most uh, surprising moments for people when they put on a CGM is they have no idea what stress is doing to their body. And you can see it in your data. They don't understand how important exercise is. Like little bits of exercise are so important. I, you don't have to be doing two hours of strength training every day, but moving around is so important for your glucose and sleep. I think I love that sleep's gotten a lot of headlines lately. And I feel like people are really aware of their sleep, which is awesome, but you can physically see how a poor night's sleep impacts the way you, you know, the way your glucose is the next day and, and all that kind of stuff. So all of those together, you can learn so much, uh, just in your glucose data. And I think people are really surprised. They think it's just about meals, right? But mm, yeah, you can learn what a walk after that ice cream could have really helped you. Right. Or, um, you know, having some protein before you had the ice cream can really help you. Or maybe if you hadn't had, if you had had a really poor night's sleep before you had the ice cream, your response could have been even worse. Right. So it's just so interesting how all of it interplays together. 
Mm, I, I, I'm with you. I'm so glad that sleep is getting like it's having its moment right now. I think sleep and mental health are like really the stars of this decade, which I'm here for, but being the different pillars, your sleep, your exercise, your nutrition, like stress, like all of these things are super important when you're talking about like overall wellness. Um, exercise has always been big part of my life. A big part of like, I remember growing up seeing my dad back in the era we grew up, like we had a Nordic track in the basement and we had, you know, the total gym, like we had all those things. So for me, that's something that I've seen most of my life, but when you talk about exercise and how that can affect your glucose score, like what's one small thing someone can do in terms of exercise to help them with stabilizing their glucose after either after a meal or maybe even like preventative, what would that look like? So I, it's, I, I have this really lame saying that my husband rolls his eyes at every time I say it, but it's so true. I say, after you eat, move your feet. It is oh, yes, I love like, that. <laughs> It's such a mom lame thing to say, but it's so true. And you can literally see it in your data. I promise you, if you go out for a sushi dinner, I promise you, your glucose will likely spike. And I promise you, if you go for a walk afterwards, you don't get in your car and drive home and watch Netflix. But if you get up and you, you know, walk around wherever you are or walk around your neighborhood, walk around with your partner, your, um, your spouse or your kids or your dog your glucose will look so much better and you will feel so much better. I think it's very hard to do, you know, maybe with your lunch, but if you can incorporate a 10 minute walk after your lunch, instead of sitting at your desk, you will feel so much better in the afternoon and your glucose will feel so much better because your muscles use glucose for energy. So I feel like sometimes people don't always make that connection. They're like, I don't know what you mean. So I explained it before, say you ate a sandwich for lunch, your body is going to break down the bread into little molecules of glucose. It will get absorbed into your bloodstream. And I mentioned insulin before. That's something that your body creates. It's a hormone that your pancreas creates. And ideally, the amount of glucose that you take in matches the amount of insulin, right? They're supposed to be balanced. And we like to think of insulin as a key. And the insulin unlocks your cells. And it allows the glucose to go into your cell to get used right? So this all has to work really well. Like the amount of insulin has to match with the amount of glucose and has to unlock the cell and the glucose slides in and the cell's like, sweet, we got energy. Let's go. Like, let's mm-hmm. roll. So what you want is that when you're taking in maybe more carbohydrate, a higher carbohydrate meal, your body's got the insulin, it's pumping out the insulin, it's unlocking the cells and you don't your cells are like, well, we don't just want to sit around and like, we got to use this thing. So by like walking, moving your body, doing some kind of exercise, your body's then going to use up that energy, right? So that's how the whole process works as opposed to the glucose is floating around. The insulin's like, what do I do with this? No one needs it. We're not moving. We're just sitting. We're watching Netflix. I guess we'll store it. And they end up storing it in the muscle and they try and store it around the liver, but then they might store it as fat. So that's really how the whole mechanism kind of works is that what you take in, you really want to use up as much as you can in a very, you know, not stressful way. Like you don't have to then go to the gym for two hours afterwards. I keep saying that, but a brisk walk is really all you need. That is the best example, the best explanation I've ever heard of <laughs> the way your body breaks down a piece of bread, for example, and then insulin is secreted and the little key, like I can just like see like an old vintage key, like unlocking your nice little cells. Like my, like the visualization is like perfection I, <laughs> because that is, that is a very, you know, sciencey thing for a lot of people. I know science is not a word, but like a lot of us, you know, me and you geek out on that because we love that stuff, but a lot of just your normal average everyday woman or man, they may not know that. So just understanding like, Oh, Oh, like that's how it's supposed to work. And that's why all these people are saying I should move my feet after I eat. I love that saying I'm, I will give you credit when I say it, but I'm going to steal it. Like, I got to trademark it. From, it. <laughs> you heard it from Catherine first, but that's so cute. I love that when you eat, move your feet and it doesn't have to be a 45 minute walk. Like 10, 15 minutes. Is that adequate? Absolutely. Yep. And there's actually 
scientific research backing my really lame saying um, that just came out and it said, um, actually there's better glucose control, better glucose management when you split up a workout, like three uh, 10 minute sessions, um, even better than if you were to do say 30 minutes in the morning and then are sedentary, you know, at your desk, in your car, on your couch. So that's really a plug for like getting up, even if you're tired at the end of the day, get up afterwards, you know, do some chores around the house, walk around the block, walk around the neighborhood, you know, get up and do something. Definitely. My kids love to listen to music after dinner. So sometimes we'll use our Alexa and we'll just put on like music and we'll just dance (laughs) if it's cold or if it's rainy. So like even thinking about like that, just how can you get the blood flowing? How can you make it fun? How can you, you know, incorporate that with your kids in a healthy way? You know, like just trying to show them like, instead of plopping down on the couch, cause I'm exhausted from making a meal, which yeah, I'd like to plop down on the couch, but it, uh, it helps just kind of slough off that sluggish feeling and that like feeling if you have that. So I'm here for it. I love, I love that. After you eat, move your feet. <laughs> yeah. It might not work for the title of this episode, but man, it's close. <laughs> <laughs> you can use it. You can use it. I'm cool with that. Oh, I love it. So I had some questions from my audience. I pulled some audience and asked some clients like, Hey, we're going to have a direct line to Catherine. Let's ask her some questions. So if we can answer these, these will be fun. And then we can, we can wrap it up and make sure we tell everybody um, where they can find you and get all the info about NutriSense. But um, one was about somebody who had had gestational diabetes during pregnancy. Disclaimer, we're not doctors. We're not diagnosing you. We're just chatting about our opinions here. Um, should she use, you know, a monitor like this to monitor her glucose? Since if you've had gestational diabetes, you're probably more likely she was told by her doc, you're a little more likely to develop real diabetes in real life post-pregnancy. So is this a tool, a tool that could help her, you know, look at things like that? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there is a higher risk for developing type two diabetes. If you've had gestational diabetes, that does not mean that you will get it, but it's Mm -hmm. just that your risk, um, is slightly higher than if you didn't have gestational diabetes. So absolutely. Right. I mean, you're probably getting your annual lab draw and you're probably getting a fasting glucose or an A1C from, uh, your uh, primary care physician once a year, but this is an incredible way for you to see how your body's doing over time before that, right. And, or, or after that, right. So you can really get an idea of how your body is trending over time. And you, you know, you might be able to make some, um, some adjustments to that. So I think it's a great idea, particularly if you've had, and depending on what stage your gestational diabetes, you know, sometimes you can just control it with diet. Sometimes you have to take a medication, you know, there's all different, um, stages of that. So just depending on your comfort level with, um, you know, monitoring your glucose, this is a great way to check back in and see where your body's at. Definitely. And to see what foods may not be super friendly to you and your own personal reactions. You might know, like, if these are my triggers, if these are the foods that tend to not be kind to my glucose and those spikes are not working, maybe I should not have them as often as I think I should. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Love that. And I I love that you made the connection about the glucose test. Like I had not even thought about that when you're pregnant, the test, everyone dreads when you're 20 weeks or 25 weeks or something. And you're like, you're gagging on the thick orange drink. Mine was orange, the thick orange drink. That's really not that bad, but that's what they're monitoring. And that makes so much, I don't know why I hadn't connected that, but that makes sense in my brain now. (laughs) Yeah. Another question from an audience member how does the data from this app, how does this pair well with intermittent fasting? And if you're not familiar with intermittent fasting, that's just when you're alternating periods of time, when you are not eating or fasting with when you are eating. So say you're not eating past 8 PM and then you're fasting until eight or nine or 10 AM the next day. Um, what kind of insights can you see there? What does that look like? It's fascinating. Right. And I want to, um, caveat that we meet people wherever they are. Uh, we don't prescribe, uh, fasting. We don't tell you to stop fasting. If you like it, we're just here to optimize you wherever you are. Um, so absolutely. One of our metrics is a, uh, morning average, and that's really supposed to be a proxy for a fasting glucose, right? How, How your body, uh, 
where your body is landing after about eight hours or more without food, um, which is an interesting metric to look at. But also, I think a lot of times people might implement a fasting protocol for themselves because they have read something online or followed someone or thought, oh, that person lost all this weight and they only eat, you know, during a two hour window, that's what I'm going to do. Right. So maybe, maybe that works for you. But what we can do is we can also optimize that and say, okay, totally fine. You want to fast for 16 hours. That's great. What if we shift that? What if we shift that earlier? How does that feel? You know, what if we shifted it a little bit later? How does that feel? You know, really being more intuitive as to your energy levels and your hunger and satiety cues, you can overlay that onto the data, right? And we can say, okay, you like eating, you know, you're not hungry in the morning. So then why, why are you eating in the, you know, like you can, you can make a lot of different um, tests and, and you can test a lot of different things out when it comes to fasting. So I think it's also really interesting because then you can also just measure what's your glucose looking like during the period of time where you don't have food you know, and do you want to exercise in a fasted state? Are you exercising in a fasted state and you're exhausted and you feel like garbage? Well, then maybe we need to change what either what time you're exercising or what time you're eating so that you can have a better workout. You can feel better. You can perform better. You can lift more, you know, all of these really wonderful benefits that you can see, um, by using the, your, your data, depending on when you're eating and when you're not. Definitely. I love that, that you meet where they are, no matter what is working for you, no matter what, you know, you have been working with, everyone has different needs and everyone has different goals and everyone's got a different opinion about it. Right. And I think that's super important to just meet you where you are for what works for you. Yep. Yep. I mean, trust me, you know, we are busy. We are such, I think women come and they are so busy and they are managing a thousand different things and they are stressed to the max as we all were during the pandemic and post. And it's just, I think it's a wonderful check-in tool to be able to say like, okay, hold on, where am I? What's going on here? How can I feel better? I mean, so many women put themselves last. You know, we have a to-do list eight miles long and put on that a, a demanding career, put on that growing a business you know, many women just put themselves last and that's just, I'm on a mission to change that. Like we need to be perfect. We need to be first. We need to be first. It's not selfish at all. Like oxygen mask on you first. Okay. The <laughs> airlines had it right. People put the oxygen mask on you first. So the, if mama's not well, no one's well, like that's the saying in my house. Like if mama's not good, no one's good. So reminding that it's not selfish to put yourself first in terms of you know, prioritizing your health, prioritizing the way you fuel your body, not to look a certain way, but to feel a certain way and prioritizing that movement and just overall healthy living for you, but, and for your family too. Mm -hmm. That's my soapbox for the day. (laughs) Couldn't agree more preach. I, (laughs) I, I totally agree. Okay. I have one last question from a listener and then we'll wrap it up and, and go on with our day and go tap our glucose monitor and see how we're doing after this meeting. See if I spiked after talking to Catherine. No. <laughs> so I thought this was really interesting. So if you're not diabetic or pre-diabetic, are there any downsides to the constant monitoring? And I say constant, you know, knowing that you guys offer one, three or six month plans, um, i.e., you know, could it be, could someone kind of obsess over it? Could it become upset? Like, are there any other downsides to that? What is kind of your take on that? I think that's a really valid point to bring up. It can be triggering for people. If you have um, struggled with um, an eating disorder in the past or just um, obsessing, there's a, a term orthorexia. You know, if, if it's if it's become something that has taken over your life um, and it does not bring um, any kind of motivation or joy to you. I mean, it doesn't have to be joyful, but just, um, you know, if it's providing negative thoughts and negative mm-hmm. feedback, then this is probably not, um, a program that you, that you'd want to sign up for. And we completely understand that, you know, it's actually part of our sign in, uh, questionnaire, you know, are you currently struggling, um, you know, with an eating disorder, because this, we understand can be a triggering, uh, process for someone. So, you know, again, we are there to meet people where they are. We are there to help add foods into your diet. We are there to help liberalize a diet. If you are feeling like you are boxed in and and restricting yourself, you know, we are there to certainly help you, um, feel more comfortable and have more flexibility. But if this is not, uh, if this is something that you're worried about, then 
um, you know, we, we completely understand that. Definitely. I'm so glad you said that. Cause I completely agree. You know, some people with a history like that, it's just not, if it's not bringing you joy, if you're not leaving this situation, like feeling better about it than when you are starting it, like it's not for you. And I think that's, you know, I'm a huge proponent to being able to say no to things and, and learning, gosh, the older I get and the more that's on my plate, like sometimes saying no to things in general, not this, but just in general in life, like saying no to things can be more powerful than saying yes to things. And my motto in my life is if it's not a hell, yes, (laughs) it's a no. (laughs) And it's really empowering to say no. And I'm, I'm like, how many no's can I dish out today? Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm impressed that you didn't say no to the field trip. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that I would have said yes to that. (laughs) Valid point. I didn't, I don't know what was going on in my head. I didn't realize that all of the second grade classes from the school were going to be there. Like silly, silly me. I just like, oh, it's just my kid's class. And I've been to this farm multiple times and it's close by. I'm like, oh, this will be adorable. We'll, we'll pick some strawberries We'll take a hayride. We'll probably smell like cows when we come home, but that's okay. No, 306 second graders on a farm. Thank God we were all separated with our own classes or I probably would have had a meltdown at the end of the day. (laughs) You're a very good mom. You're a very good mom to do that. (laughs) Do you have kiddos? I do. I have three kids. So, um, I'm all about the juggle and the struggle. (laughs) Um, but I, there's nothing but there's nothing I would change about it. Right. I love being there for my kids and I love that my kids know that I work and, you know, just sometimes I'm unavailable because I'm doing a podcast or something. And, um, but yet I can go to their school and, uh, watch, I was just at my son's school watching his civil war presentation. And, um, you know, it's, it's pretty great. That's like the beauty of a remote job, um, or having your own business is that you can put your own boundaries around, uh, what you say yes and no to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the flexibility and being able to be there for them when they want me to, because I know they won't always want me to, right? right? They won't always want me to hold their hand and go to the bus stop, or they definitely don't want me to go on their field trips. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I should just cash in while I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my goodness. Well, this has been an awesome conversation and I am loving what all we are learning and loving what Nutrisense is doing to help people understand and really optimize their health. So aside from following uh, NutraSense on Instagram, I about inverted that. Do you have an account where you're sharing value or should we just follow NutraSense? Can we, what can we link in the show notes for you? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely follow NutraSense. And if you say it probably three or four times, your phone will pick it up and just send you the ads anyways, but it's um, at NutraSense IO. And, um, we actually, I would love to plug again, our website. So not only do we have that ebook, but we have an amazing, we call it the journal. It's our blog and it's written by, um, our dietitians reviewed by them. So it's all evidence-based and it is fascinating. So you might be uncomfortable or unsure if you want to try a CGM, I totally get that. Or you might say like, again, I don't know if this is even applicable to me, please go on our website and just peruse the journal. We have so many wonderfully well-written articles that are bite-sized, really helpful though. And you can see how this technology and how this data can really uh, work within your life and where you are and might be able to also help you answer some questions if you're on the fence about signing up for it. Mm, Definitely. I'm all about bite-sized little blogs that can read like real actual science-backed information, not just like what Correct. can I find on TikTok? <laughs> no TikTok. I mean, I, I, we might be on TikTok, but, but this is not TikTok. <laughs> Absolutely. No, we will link that and we will link the ebook for sure. But I just, I'm so grateful for your time and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to learn more about these kinds of things. So thank you so, so much. And if you guys love this episode, do us a favor, take a screenshot and share it on your social media because knowledge is power. And the more that we can spread this knowledge to more awesome. It'll be so thank you for listening. Y'all have a great